the fact is we're all broken people. We all have our issues. Mm -hmm. We all have our baggage. And coming and approaching it from compassion Mm -hmm. and empathy makes it that much more powerful when you do see change happen, when Mm -hmm. you do see um, things start to change in people's lives. Coming up on Doing Good, the podcast, empowering women with a washing machine, a stack of diapers, and an unending flow of unconditional love. Today, our guest is Stacy Larson, who runs the River Ministry for Women in downtown Johnson City. For more than two decades, this remarkable source of good has helped women and children in a very unique way by providing a place where women can wash their clothes, get a shower, just find some critical supplies for themselves and their children. The river has been a stream of blessing for thousands who needed a helping hand. And our hope is that as you hear how these people with a dream built something amazing, you're inspired to maybe get involved or do something similar where you are. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Doing Good, the podcast, where we celebrate good people doing good things every day. Welcome to your podcast refuge from bad news, negativity, and general gloom and doom. I'm Dr. Becky Powers, and sometimes I bring the gloom and doom, (laughs) as I did last month. But I'm in a much better headspace today, and I am happy to be here along with my friends. Mr. Josh Smith. Millie Digby. And Hutchinson Smith. And when Millie, when your children are around, I'm Mr. Josh. Yeah. So I refer to my Mr. Josh. (laughs) Sorry, that was weird. Okay. Hey, welcome in, everybody. I'm so excited about today's guest. Yeah. Um, Interesting ministry. Here's a question. This is completely out of the blue. Have you ever been without a washing machine? Yes. Is that not the worst thing? That's like one of the hardest things. Well, you know, when you're young and you're, you know, just getting established and you don't have a lot of money, then you haul everything to the laundromat. Is that you did that? Yeah, for years. You did it for years. Yeah, like college dorm laundry, or you mean like? Well, there was the dorm laundry, but then um, during medical school, Mm -hmm. you know, and time between college, undergrad, and medical school, yeah, hauling it to the laundromat. I ask this because that the the River Who Ministry for Women we Mm -hmm. were going to talk to a lot of what they do is just help people get their clothes cleaned, which yeah. you think is just what, but that's massive. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until I visited there recently. You're going to hear about it coming up, but it made me think, is there an appliance in the house that if it breaks, the one appliance that if it breaks, the wheels come off. Refrigerator. <laughs> you didn't even think about it. Yeah. More than the, the washer. Well, that's, that's true. The fridge. The fridge. Like Why? Well, because first of all, it's usually crammed with food that oh, goes your bad. Your fridge is so beautiful to it behold. It goes bad. No, it's not. My Guys, fridge is a nightmare. I wish your f- fridge is amazing. I've opened your fridge before, and I open the door, and it's like, oh, you know, and it's like Korean food left over, and then there's delicious pot roast from two days yeah, ago. No, the yeah, most no. bougie lunch Look, meat. Millie, Millie is not on. agreeing with you. So usually... The fridge smells really <laughs> bad. That's kimchi, Millie. That's just the kimchi talking. Kimchi makes your breath smell bad. It does, It yeah. doesn't make the fridge smell bad. But <laughs> oh, but make- kimchi. Oh, I'm going to Atlanta in a couple of weeks. Oh, I have okay. to take my oldest on a dorm shopping expedition to Ikea. And You're- and oh, so I'm already yes. thinking about the Korean food that I'll be bringing back. Oh, and Korean so that, crochet. you know, like we have Korean feast. Where everybody's breath will smell bad. Yes, we'll all smell like your fridge. Yeah. Um, that is, by the way, one of my favorite days. There are a couple of days near typically when you will take the Atlanta trip, mm-hmm. you hit the Korean grocery store, mm-hmm. you bring it back, and we'll get a call, and it's like, hey, we can't eat all this food, come over. And 
Yeah. We, we begrudgingly do it. I know. Okay, it's so you, hard. Twist your, your arm. Your appliance you can't live out with the fridge. Okay, that one's already taken. Millie, is there an appliance that if you just can't live without? Um, probably my iPod. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was going to say the iPod. <laughs> the iPod? The little um, one? Yeah, because she can connect to the Wi-Fi at our house on that. Okay. She watches videos, okay. on, and she can connect yeah. to Netflix and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, and she started learning to text her friends. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, so... Usually when I didn't have my iPod, when I was either bored or I wanted to do stuff with my friends, and every time I wanted to talk to my friends, I, w- I had to go to my mom okay. and say, Mom, can I use your phone? I want to talk to Yeah, that's, that's clunky. And then um, my mom had to text Miss um, uh, Kristen, mm-hmm. and then Miss Kristen could hand it on to Lucy. Yeah, this is too much, right? So that's um, the appliance you want yeah. to work always. And also... Um, on the board part, whenever I was doing something like that, I would have to ask something like, Mom, can I watch the TV or something like that? Mm. Um, and sometimes she would say no, but now I can do it, and she doesn't have to know that. There you go. Hey, so <laughs> she's sneaking around watching TV. Hudson, is there an appliance that you die if it doesn't work? Like if you were to break? Probably the dishwasher, because like every day I have like two or three shakes, like protein or energy shakes. Yeah. And um, it's getting gains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just stick them in there. I press a button and then they're all washed. And I'll know what I'd do if I had to like hand wash all of this. Oh, yeah. That'd be terrible. You yeah, might, oh my gosh. Your hands might get dry. Yeah. And irritated. <laughs> Dishpan hands. Oh Remember that? Gosh, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> commercials. That was a great marketing strategy, you don't though. Because get dish pan hands. Yeah. Because yeah. we, you know, we remember we that. Remember and it. that's from like the 80s. Plus, guys, there's no stink. There's no stank like protein shake shaker bottles that have been not taken care of. Right, Hudson? I'm you think your fridge stinks? No. It's like you've opened up a drawer at the morgue. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm throwing up a little in my mouth terrible. right now. For me, it's the washing machine. That's why the this the river when we went there just like completely hit me between the eyes because. But dude, you ma- can go to a laundromat. I know, but for, you know, especially for, for, you know, the laundromat takes money, and when you're when you literally are wondering where your next meal's coming from, for some people, and I think that's the reality we're going to hear about. That's really big. I'm but, not saying for the the patrons of the river. Yeah, for I'm me. I'm saying for you. I know, but then there's going and sitting at the laundromat for two hours, waiting for your stuff to get done. Well, yeah, but this is a time away from your. I mean, I look at the laundromat (laughs) now and I think, wow. I miss that. Well, it could be like two hours just by myself in the laundromat, listening to the soothing sounds of clothes tumbling in the dryer. How old were you when you were laundromatting? Oh, golly. I laundromatted till I was about 30. Okay. Yeah, 27. You're married? No. So you were flirting. You were going to the laundromat to meet. I never, ever, ever met a cute guy (laughs) at the laundromat. Well, that makes one of you, you know. <laughs> that is kind of where a lot of young people do meet up. No, that's they it. don't okay. meet up at okay, the laundromat. Anyway, what that's my about? nightmare appliance to die is the washing machine. I'm sorry yeah. for I'm sorry for diminishing. Your yeah, really. Fears and yeah. Trauma. Look, a unicorn. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's, that's my that's my antidote when I see you going. <laughs> okay, yeah. What? Well, so okay, let's 
caught doing good. Let's do our caught doing good. It's time for the segment. Yeah. Okay, first three went first. Becky, you're ready this week. Um, have, no. I, who uh, have you caught doing good this week? I'm, I'm not ready yet for this one. Okay, Millie? Um, okay, so uh, for this one, my dad. Oh, um, you mean you're, you're <sighs> Dr. Becky's husband, the, the greatest yeah. man alive, Mr. Justin? Uh, yeah. Uh, you're such a fangirl. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, well, he's just like the greatest guy. So I uh, just, I just didn't know if we were talking about the same person. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about it, Millie. Uh, so when I went to the skating rink last night, um, I told my dad we got there at about five o'clock, and we I planned to skate until eight o'clock. And I, um, so I was having a really fun time until I took a little bit of a tumble, mm. and then it kind of hurt. So my um, my dad, he just um, he helped me, and he was like, "If you keep going, you're probably gonna have more fun too." And the last part of the skating was probably the funnest part because um, it was just that feeling where like you're having a good time and you don't have to worry about going fast and all that stuff because everyone is tired. So that um, and so um, uh, my dad, um, I just he encouraged me to do it, and oh, yeah. I had a lot of fun. That's great. Well, it's really also handy when you know I might get hurt, but my dad's a preeminent surgeon who saves lives on a daily basis, right? So if I bleed out... Fangirl! <laughs> Frankly, I feel more comfortable doing dangerous things when your dad's around. Because I'm like, somebody gets a... Fangirl! Compound fracture. You can do can figure. Okay, Hudson, have you caught anyone doing good? Please don't say my husband. I'm not going to say your husband. Okay, thank you. Um, say your husband, please. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> if you pay me fifty bucks, I'll save my husband. <laughs> you know, I want you to look down at that box of chicken minis, no. and now let me ask you: Who no. have you caught no, doing no, good no. this morning? No, no, Hudson. no, no. He's going to say Chick Fil A. <laughs> yeah, Chick Fil A every single morning. They have cheap, cheap, really cheap meals for the needy. So. It's not cheap. It's not cheap, Hudson. <laughs> Doctor Becky worked hard for the money it's to buy those cheap. chicken minis. Okay, are you you got one? Oh yeah, um, my tennis coach. Oh. He's been coaching me for probably four years, and he does like four tennis lessons, like almost every single day on like the weekdays. And I just know that he's like one of the most helpful people I've ever met. Yeah. Is that Mike? Mike, yeah. At yeah. the Johnson City Country Club. Mm-hmm. Okay. All this right. is exciting. We're getting close to our guest joining us uh, yeah. in just a moment. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll we, we'll wrap up. My caught doing good super quickly is Dr. Becky Powers. Oh, God. On our like way here this morning. No, I know. But listen, this you don't know what this means. Like, we get up late this morning to come to the podcast taping. I'm running Hudson, and I'm maybe um, – we're a bit panicked as we got out the door this morning. And I'm like, why did the dog go out? I see my dad fed anybody. And the chickens haven't been fed. And so anyway, on the way over, I realized I have not gotten breakfast for my child. I haven't. Uh, he's like, he doesn't need anybody to get him breakfast, right? But no one, he has not eaten. He's got hands. The phone rings. It's Dr. Rebecca Powers. I'm like, hey, we're coming. Uh, we're on our way. You're on our way to Market Street Media for the pot? Yeah. And what do you ask? Can I get? any one Chick-fil-A. And I thought, that was just beautiful. It was so kind, very I sweet. It was well-timed. You were caught doing good, my friend. Thank you. And and you and little tiny things. You know, we think as we focus on this podcast about making difference for good, it's not... Uh, it's not giving $2 million to build a new wing on the hospital. That's that's great if you could do that. Yeah. But 
calling your friend and saying, can I feed your teenager? Mm. That's huge. So thank you. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that was helpful for you. Look how so. you're bringing light and joy to the world, back here. Yeah, I know. All right. So anyway, here's my cot doing good. Yeah. All right. So my cot doing good is the 4-H camp in Greenville, South Carolina. Oh. And here is why. So we're not really taking, um, we're, we're not taking as much vacation time as right. we would like this um, this summer because of a variety of reasons. But so every Wednesday I've planned these um, outings for our, our family yeah. group and then for other friends to join in and um last wednesday's adventure was to go down to this place in south carolina called um the fred sims chapel and if you've never been there it's this chapel that's built into the side of a mountain that's overlooking the the foothills of um of the blue ridge uh, mountains and i mean it's it's not quite something that you've really ever seen before. No, you you stand there and you're like, "Am I looking at what I'm looking?" It's it is the beautiful. most genius use of real estate I've ever yeah, seen oh, in my whole gorgeous. life, and it really is breathtaking. But it is um, the chapel is on the property of this 4-H camp, and you know, you, you think about something like that, and you, and it's a camp, the working camp, and you think, um, you you know, it's going to be inaccessible and hard to get to. No not you no. just drive right up to that thing it's beautiful yeah and it it's made it open and it's free yeah and you can rent it out for event space you I think. can i've been to a wedding you can. There. and they it's do stunning. have a donation box but yeah. um but it is just amazing and i think I, i'm just very grateful to them it's for beautiful. opening that place up for the general public and letting us it. come in there and take advantage of the majesty of you know creation because it truly is a, a slice it, it of really heaven. is it's yeah. it's amazing so anyway Greenville 4 H camp. Yay! Yay! Hey, everybody, are you well ready for our guest? Yeah. She is and doing amazing things. Yeah. Are we ready to go? I think so. Let's bring her in. Here's Stacy from the river. Yay. Hi, Stacy. How are you today? I'm great. Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So, we're here now live with Stacy Larson with the river. And um, we're super excited to find out all about the river and the work and the good work that you guys are doing. Um, so, um, yeah. So, tell Tell us, tell us what we need to know about the river. Right. Um, I always like to start by kind of sharing our beginning, our creation story, mm -hmm. because it's a good example of kind of listening and stepping out on faith. Mm -hmm. And so the river actually began as a vision from somebody that's a Johnson City resident, longtime resident, Betsy Beaver. Mm -hmm. And she had been part of this Mother's Morning Out program at her church mm -hmm. and really enjoyed having the opportunity to get together with other adults and talk and have, you know, adult conversation while the kids were somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And she thought, wouldn't it be great if all women had a place where they could come together and support each other and talk about life and and uh, she was thinking about it but you know not all women have kids mm -hmm. so she was trying to think what else do women have in common and she thought about laundry mm -hmm. oh my <laughs> yes, gosh yeah okay. yeah so she thought Let's create a place where people can come and do laundry. Mm -hmm. And while they're there, because unfortunately they have not created a machine that can do laundry in 10 minutes. Right. Um, 
they can get together with the other people there and have some time together speaking and getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. And so she put out um, a clipboard at First Presbyterian Church asking for people who might be interested. She called it the um, clean team, Mm -hmm. which um, surprisingly enough, that didn't stop me from signing up for it Um, (laughs) and put my name on. um, And so Betsy, myself, and then another person, Kelly Kirkpatrick, who at the time was the director of the preschool at First Pres. We all signed up, started talking about this vision, Mm -hmm. and First Presbyterian Church actually owned an old building that was just down the same block that had been empty for decades. Mm -hmm. It used to be part of the Johnson City Furniture Building, Mm -hmm. and we decided, let's go ahead, ask the church if we could have the building to use for the ministry, Mm -hmm. and they said yes, as long as you all pay for it. Uh So, um, it was nasty. I don't know if you've been in some of these buildings downtown. They have a derelict that, Yes, yeah. yes. There was black stuff growing in the ceilings. Mm-hmm. Animals were living in it. Um, it You're was talking about nasty. a storefront. I mean, this is right along right uh, on Main, Street. Main Street. Yeah, right. but it, and it was has glass front windows. Glass it looked front. like a, it was a store at one point. Exactly, exactly. And it just um, had just not been used. Right. And so we came in and gutted the whole place with help of volunteers and and um, restored it Mm -hmm. to what it is now. Mm -hmm. So, um, and this was back in 2004. So we're, we've been around for um, almost, almost, well, we'll turn 17 in October. Mm -hmm. So um, we totally created the space within. I came on board right away as the director, which was a huge step of faith for me. I'd been at ETSU, um, was kind of digging my job there and, but just thought, you know, God had bigger plans for me. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step out on faith and I have no nonprofit experience, no ministry experience. Um, you had Betsy though. I did. Yeah. And Betsy was awesome. And when you come into the river, that's where you see Betsy because Betsy focused on the building. So there are bright colors and patterns and, you know, just a fun, inviting, beautiful space. And so, you know, and Betsy is just so good at that and creating, you know, we didn't want it to be like an institution. Mm -hmm. We didn't want people to come in and feel like, um, uncomfortable. We wanted them to feel welcome. And Mm so um, we did that and opened our doors in October 2004. And we're still going. Mm -hmm. So um, still serving women. That is our focus, women and children in need. Mm -hmm. And we serve all women. And we do that through a variety of services, kind of at the core of what the river does, our basic needs. So we're helping people meet their basic needs mm-hmm. on a daily basis. So that's a safe place to be. Yeah, food, clothing, and shelter. Yeah, yeah. Um, also a place to wash your clothes because, of course, um, our motto is sharing loads of God's love. Mm-hmm. Um, we love puns and funny things like that. So um, ladies can do two loads of laundry a day Mm -hmm. for free. Mm -hmm. And we provide the soap, the bleach, the fabric softener sheet. Mm -hmm. When I left to come over here, all the machines were running. Mm -hmm. So um, they were going strong. We also have showers because of course, if you are going to wash your clothes, you want to have a clean body to put those clothes on. Mm -hmm. So we provide the towels and toiletries for that. We even have bathrobes because so often, um, 
are women who are experiencing homelessness. Mm -hmm. Their stuff, it gets stolen all the time, and the only clothes they own are what they're wearing. Mm -hmm. So they can go in, take a shower, put on a bathrobe, wash their clothes, and then leave with everything totally clean, Mm -hmm. um, which is huge. Um, And then also we do simple things like feminine hygiene assistance, Mm -hmm. which is huge Mm -hmm. for women. It's expensive. Yes. And it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also do mail and telephone support. So if you don't have an address, you can get your mail at the river. Okay. Um, if you need to use the telephone for messages or things like that, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have support programs. Um, our first and one of the things that's really close to my heart that we started because of a huge need in the community is our J. Walter Brown Changing Lives from the Bottom Up Diaper Subsidy uh, Program. Mm-hmm. And we have been doing that. We're in our seventh year now, mm-hmm. and we average around 5,000 diapers a month wow. that are distributed to families in Washington County. Mm-hmm. And it is huge. Mm-hmm. We have children from birth up to the age of three, but if they have them, a medical issue we allow them to stay in the program so we have some children that are older Mm -hmm. um and we have this is one of the programs that serves men and women and because we have single dads we have a lot of grandparents Mm -hmm. that are raising their children we even now actually have great grandparents in their 70s raising four great grandbabies um from one month old to four years old Mm. in the program. So, you know, we just want to make sure babies are getting diapers. Mm -hmm. And it really started from seeing the need in the community. And I had a baby come in to the river and she wasn't with her mom. Um, Mom had kind of gotten in a fight, I guess, with her with the father and um, the friend said, let me take the baby and you Mm -hmm. go figure this out. And so um, the friend didn't even really know the baby. I figured she was maybe around nine months old, but Mm -hmm. she was in a, in a stroller that was filthy. Mm -hmm. And, um, she had on just a diaper that looked like she'd been wearing it for a day or two. Mm. And um, so immediately we took off that dirty diaper, gave her a bath in the sink Mm -hmm. at the river Mm -hmm. like you would do at home. And um, we were able to take apart the stroller and wash it in the washing machines Mm -hmm. and um, just realize like this little baby Mm -hmm. has just been stuck in this diaper Mm -hmm. and that's not a good place to be and Mm -hmm. and so started calling around and seeing that there wasn't really Mm -hmm. any place that was handing out diapers on a on a consistent basis Uh Um, there's not a place doing any of what you just mentioned on a consistent basis I mean it sounds to me the hospital yeah it sounds like that I feel I feel like I need to pause this for a second because you two who just met uh, reminded me so much in terms of missionally. So Dr. Becky has a practice called The Village, which is an old house, which she has restored. And you walk in, and it's colorful, and it's not institutional. <laughs> and it's where you can go and be relaxed and have fun, and there's a living room where people can play. And I just, yeah. it just like, you guys are so, like, uh, literally yeah. on parallel yeah. paths here. You know, yes. you're providing different services, but the same feel yeah. of reclaiming an old space and filling it with color and love and 
And, and, and I think that's dismaying. That has nothing to do with anything. I just thought the two of you needed to know that. Well, yeah. that's funny. I'm sitting here going, man, that'd be a great place for a breastfeeding class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you, you know, I just, I, I think it's beautiful when people's uh, sort of their intentions parallel each other. Exactly. Uh, but you, you are really, truly doing something. When I found out about the river, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit, I didn't know the extent of what you were doing, but it is highly specialized. As much as you're doing, you're not also, you're intentionally not doing some other things that you might see the right. need for, right? Like you, you, and you, is that realizing when you're doing good, you got to kind of get focused or you else do. you can get lost. You can't do it all. Mm-hmm. So and you don't do food, right? We don't do food because we don't want to duplicate services that are already available mm-hmm. in the community. And if you can walk or have a car, there are so many feeding programs. So mm-hmm. we don't do food. Now, mm-hmm. we do at Thanksgiving and Christmas have a luncheon. Mm-hmm. Um and we do it a little bit different because a lot of the feeding programs during that time, it's turkey dinner, turkey dinner, turkey dinner. I'm we, done with turkey, and it's not even November. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So we do things a little different. We always have a theme um, at Christmas. The very first one that we did was an Elvis blue Christmas, and I had an Elvis impersonator come. <laughs> and um, he was awesome. We had like 100 women in the river, and he was the younger, cuter Elvis, uh, not like the oh, yeah. later oh, yeah. Elvis and um, just this cute guy and he's singing and one of the women um, in the back who is kind of a joker said whoever touches Elvis's butt first gets a door prize (laughs) and my poor little Elvis is going up against the wall like help me being harassed at the river exactly exactly it was hilarious so we try to have fun with our guests but you know we don't want to duplicate services but we also don't want to um, demean people by just thinking, oh, if I just give them something, uh-huh. it will solve their problem. Uh-huh. And in fact, that doesn't. It actually enables them to think, I don't have to do anything. I can just come and ask, and then I should be given stuff. Mm-hmm. And we want to empower people to feel like they are able and capable to take care of themselves and not just look at them as somebody, it's my job to fix them, because mm-hmm. we don't see it as our job to fix them. It's their job to fix themselves if they want to fix themselves. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just come along beside them. Mm-hmm. We don't judge folks. Um, we just walk beside them on the journey of their life mm-hmm. um, because the fact is we're all broken people. We all have our issues. Mm-hmm. We all have our baggage. And um, coming and approaching it from compassion mm-hmm. and empathy makes it that much more powerful when you do see change happen, when mm-hmm. you do see um, things start to change in people's lives. So we can be, we can walk along beside them, we can help them, but one of our mottos is we never do something for somebody that they can do themselves. Right. Well, so that's that's the thing too. If you are really trying to li- help people lift themselves out mm-hmm. um, of a bad situation or a bad place, then um, y- nothing gets fixed without tools. And sometimes you don't have the tools. So if you can provide the tools that they can use in a safe environment then they're, that's, that's what they need, right? Exactly, exactly, so, yeah. yeah. So you're providing people with the ability to clean their clothing because right. you can't, you know, it, 
we can talk all day about what a perfect world looks like, but at the end of the day, you're still going to gravitate towards those people who are well groomed, you know? Right. And right. so you're you're giving them that, and um, and it must change who you how you feel about yourself. Right. Oh, you know, definitely. If I see myself as a dirty. Uh, some person who, I mean, dirty in terms of literally I have dirt on me, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm experiencing homelessness. How can I ever redefine myself mm-hmm. as right. being somebody worthy of a job, mm-hmm. right. worthy of a healthy relationship, mm-hmm. worthy of a relationship where the man in my life respects me? That, you know, it, and I yeah. would think so many of the women walking in the door there are really at a place where they don't see themselves as clean. Yeah, or yeah. as being as, worthy. As being yeah. worthy. Do you see that? Oh, it's definitely. more about literally cleaning your body. I just had a conversation before, because um, we were open already this morning, and just had a conversation with a woman who just got out of the hospital from domestic violence case and was talking to me about how she just never felt like she was worthy or um, that she deserved the things that she was having and just, you know, that cycle that we see so often in that situation and that she was trying to work to come out of it. So, Mm -hmm. um, and just encouraging her with that Mm -hmm. and stuff. It's fairly important, but you know, in our shower, we have a sign, um, that says the healing power of the shower. Mm -hmm. And that came about because, um, probably about 10 years ago, we had a woman that was, um, experiencing homelessness and she was for about three years until she finally was able to decide it's time to come off the streets Mm -hmm. and get a place. And, but one day she came out of the shower with this huge smile on her face and she just said, the healing power of the shower. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, we have to put that in the shower. And that is so huge. I'll have women come in and they'll be like, I haven't taken a shower in a month because I've been camping out in the woods and there's just no access to water. And, you know, and I'm like, well, take your time in there, you know, and they'll come out and they're just like a new person, mm-hmm. like a weight has been lifted off of them. Mm-hmm. So it's huge. Yeah. yeah. Huge. I can't imagine being homeless and managing a period. Oh, I oh. know. And in the heat. Yeah. 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 Okay. Just, just for the listeners at home, there are five people in this room. Three of them are male and all three of them are like, oh, shoot. She went there. She horse laughed through ten minutes last month, and this week she's going to talk No, but it's just it it just struck me. It just struck me. I cannot even imagine the power of just being able to feel clean yeah. and have um, the products that you might exactly. need to help you feel clean. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Stuff dudes never think of. Yeah. So I uh, so I uh, became familiar with the river about 12 years ago now. Yeah. And I then in your bracelets brought this up because <laughs> I had a, 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 a friend came in wearing a fabulous button bracelet. Yes. And I said, where did that come from? And they said, right. the river. Mm-hmm. And so tell us about that, that right. ministry. Right. First off, describe it. You have around your I wrist this okay. incredible piece of art. Um, uh-huh. I will confess I'm a button geek. Uh-huh. So um, I have studied and learned 
so much more about buttons. I'm probably the only person you will ever meet that's a member of the National Button Society, oh. which my grandmother was a member of in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. Uh-huh. So um, several years ago, one of my volunteers, um, Karen Dorr, came up with this idea of using buttons to make a bracelet because we decided we want to make something that we could sell that when people saw it, they knew uh-huh. it was a river bracelet and so Karen came up with this idea of buttons and at the time I had just inherited my grandmother's button Button collection collection. and she was a seamstress and she was a huge collector Mm -hmm. and um, so we started creating these bracelets Mm -hmm. and all the proceeds go back to the river we've actually raised over twenty thousand dollars holy cow yeah I believe it because they're not just a bracelet. No, nope. yeah. It, it is a work of art. Yeah, and this one is awesome because it is wooden buttons, and some of them are really old, um, and they're one-of-a-kind kind of things that you just you're not going to be able to walk into Michael's mm-hmm. and find these buttons mm-hmm. because they're from the early 1900s, mm-hmm. mid 1900s. So, um, and when you get a bracelet, I actually being the geek I am, you get a little card that gives you the history mm-hmm. of the buttons. Mm-hmm. So you know about the buttons on the bracelet. So there's a group of seven of us that make the bracelets and sell them for the river. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, it's been really cool. And our motto for them is that uh, buttons are like women. They keep everything everything together mm-hmm. i that that is <laughs> that is so <laughs> powerful and i can only imagine that your grandmother grandmother great-grandmother grandmother grandmother i mean i can't i can only yeah. imagine that she is just bursting at the seams oh, with yeah, pride from heaven yeah and one yeah. of the first things i did was made bracelets for my sister mm-hmm. with my grandmother's buttons mm-hmm. i have made um i made a really great bracelet for somebody um who used his father's military buttons off of he was in the navy oh, um and then yeah. even had his dog tag yeah. and oh and he gosh. gave that to his sister and i've made a bracelet for um a woman whose husband passed away and she kept all of his favorite shirts oh, and took the buttons off of them and I made a bracelet for her with those so um they're really meaningful they yeah, are they, yeah. they are and so now like me mm-hmm. <laughs> how do I get my hands on a bracelet right, right, I tried exactly. to buy one off of you and yes, you were out yes yes so we are actually going to be at the McKinney Center okay. um on July 9th and 10th um for this their pod will already have dropped by this oh well, so. no, no, well no 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 this is our July 15th pod okay Okay. Yeah. So ninth or tenth will be previous yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. But we we do go to craft sales. We have an um an Etsy site, so okay. it's the River Button Bracelets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also we anytime that we have an opportunity to go to craft sales, we sell them. Um, they are at the pharmacy on Boone's Creek. Um, oh. the person that owns that store, Jamie Rowan, is a volunteer and board member, and she allows us to sell them there at her at her cute little gift store inside the pharmacy and and even just you know stopping by the river I usually have them there and we've just creating more stock because we we sold about three-fourths of our inventory last month when we were in Jonesboro so um 
yeah, just contact us and I will make a way to make that happen. Mm. And we've also have, um, we are branching out from the bracelets and we have um, buttons now and rings. So. You mean like pins? Like yes. On your shirt? Yeah, like, like brooches. Bro- yeah. yeah. Brooches. Yes, brooches. Um, <laughs> and then we even are doing what we call solos that are just leather with just one, one or button. two special Damn. buttons on it. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's great. It is. It is. And there's just so much that corresponds with, you know, not only the women are like buttons, but like each button is an individual and is beautiful for its own way. And we kind of see that that's like the women that we work with. Yeah. 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 So true. Yeah. You know, I've got a chance to meet Betsy Beaver, who I've known of for years and and know her through friends and uh, just the most um, humble. You would just be... And I, I, I think back to that because, and, and to you all, those people who stepped forward a couple decades ago, almost, you know, 17 years ago. Yeah. Because so much of our podcast focus is helping people figure out, okay, how do I do some good where I am? Right. And that's going right. to look different in a million different ways. Right. You know, right. Uh, and I think, you know, opening yourself up to the thing that's right in front of you, and that's what you all did. I mean, yes. First Presbyterian Church is kind of in the heart of downtown. Right. And let's exactly. be honest, 17 years ago, it wasn't as good of an area of town as it, it is right wasn't. now. It wasn't. I could sit and look out the front window and see gals getting picked up mm. um, and drugs being sold. Mm. And, um, you know, I don't see that anymore. Yeah. Um, Part of the reason why is because of the, the gentrification of the yes. city and the yes. revitalization, but also because of the river. I mean, you all took what you had, which was a not much, you know? Yeah. And yeah. you made it into something. So do you have lessons learned that came out of that? Where as oh, you sort of definitely. talk to people all around the planet that could listen to this podcast and you go, what, what's a takeaway or two that you could impart to them as they try to do good? Right. I think it's important to listen to your gut. Um, I think that um, sometimes the things that we're meant to do are scary, um, but you really kind of have to just think, well, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, I'm not going to let the fear keep me from doing it and just step out. And and then I think also one of the things that was really important to me when I first started doing this is, you know, I, I said I had no experience doing this. I think it was actually a good thing because I came at the issue out of the box. And so I didn't necessarily come at it from like a a social worker aspect or anything. I kind of just approached it as, okay, what would I like Mm -hmm. if I was in this situation? What would I like? And I come from an early childhood background. And so one of the things as an early childhood teacher that you are taught is to actually like get down and look at things as if you were a child and so I tried to put myself in the place of if I was somebody coming into the river what would I want and like even took a shower to see what that was like and realized like okay we need a table in here for people to put their stuff on you know Mm -hmm. so kind of putting yourself in the place of the people that you're serving Um, and then a huge part of it is just realizing um you can only do what you can do. Um, you know, when I first started, we had all these big ideas that I was just going to save the world and I was going to do all of these things. And then I realized, you know, I needed to better understand and listen to the people that I was working with because I was thinking like, oh, we could create all these classes and all of these opportunities. But for so many of the people that we're working with, they are just struggling like, 
where am I going to eat lunch today? Mm-hmm. Where am I going to stay tonight? Mm-hmm. And will it be safe? Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to get past that and think like, oh, what's my five-year plan? And how am I going to, you know, <laughs> they're just so caught up in um, getting by the day yeah. and surviving the day mm-hmm. and realizing that. So not projecting what my expectations mm-hmm. are, but understanding and listening is huge. So listening and then responding to the needs that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we really try to do at the river. We try to do things um, in a way um, that will be more effective and is kinder, gentler, Um one of the things that we that we practice and is at our mission is what we call radical hospitality. So, you know, kind of taking as a Southerner, which um, I've lived now in the South longer than I lived in the North where I was born. So I'm kind of a, um, I guess I'm what they call a damn Yankee now because um, <laughs> I've stayed. But, um, you know, Southerners are really known for their hospitality. Um, and so taking that idea of welcoming each person that comes in and making them feel like they are special and doing that um, is huge for so many of these folks that are just ignored, forgotten about, falling through the cracks of society, and so acknowledging them that they are people just like us, Mm -hmm. and that they often have the same issues that we do, and so just trying to see the human in people, trying to see... um, the Jesus in people too. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be from anything from, you know, how you're going to go out and give things to organizations. Are you going to give your time, your treasures, what that looks like and just do it, you know, don't be afraid and don't be afraid to make mistakes. Oh my gosh, I've made many a mistake. Um, I will tell a funny story about Betsy Beaver. Uh, When we first opened, we knew we were going to offer like a snack, a healthy snack. Um, We didn't want to do a meal, but just something while they're there that they could eat. So Betsy, the very first day, she's like, oh, I know what I'm going to make. I make this really good hummus, and I'm going to make homemade pita bread, and they are going to love it. And she sure enough made it. Oh, yeah, sounds delicious. She made it. She put it out, and the women were like, is what that baby food? Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't, hummus isn't like the most appealing color. Yeah, and it looks like something happened there. Yeah, and they're just kind of like, well, do I dip this? You know, uh, it was just like so beyond. Yeah. And Post-pandemic brains are like, yeah. don't touch it. Don't, you know? it's like, yeah, <laughs> yes, it did. So we realized like, okay, like we think, you know, homemade yeah. hummus and pe- that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But they were like, nobody ate it. Yeah. And so then she's like, well, I'm going to make coffee cake which of course everybody ate but then there were crumbs everywhere everywhere and just a mess and so just kind of realizing um and understanding the situation that you're in go ahead and make the hummus and just let it 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 sort of let yourself fall sometimes well i think the message is that um you can't we from where we sit um and our collective experiences are not the same as their collective experiences. Mm-hmm. It's not that anybody's collective experience is worth more than somebody else's collective right, experience. Right. But, you know, m- maybe maybe a cookie. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's kind of like read the room. Yeah. Like who's, who's there? Yeah, read the room. And, but you and, have to yeah. learn that. You know, I, you I, I see your point is yeah. that you're so afraid of failing, which as we've documented on this podcast, I am. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Becky is not. She's like, well, come on, this is going to be 100% successful. You know, yes, and yes. as you launch out doing good, 
You need a little bit of that. And you then do. you go, okay, you well, do. that wasn't, but you know what? The next thing's going to be great. Yeah. Exactly. And, and be a little fearless. I think yeah. a little less calculating in terms of what might go wrong. Yeah. You. And if I it feels right, it's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Do it. Until it isn't. And yeah. Then, <laughs> and if it isn't, then you just change then it. You put the hummus up. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, one thing I have to ask you that just struck me, and I'm just, this is kind of logistical than in the weeds, but I noticed you do not do what you called an intake. In other words, when women walk in the door there, it's very intentional that you are not trying to get anything out of them. Right. You don't need to put them on your database. You don't need to know, kind of classify them. Right. Are you couch surfing? How would you describe yourself? None of that. Why? We just feel like... um, when I walk into a business, I'm not telling people my personal stuff. Mm-hmm. So why should they have to? Mm-hmm. Um, we feel, you know, we serve all women. So if they're there, they must feel like they need to be there. Um, and one of the great things, because we're just providing services that people can use, you know, you can't really take advantage of what are you going to come and take two showers in one day? Well, okay, maybe you need to take two showers You go, in one sister. Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, we don't do any financial assistance. We don't do clothes. We don't do food, you know. Um, and the things that we do give out are very intentional. We think about how we do it and, and things. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit different in terms of not making them prove that they are in a place where they need to have those services, but also paying attention to who they are. So women come in and they just need a place where they can kind of decompress and mm-hmm. they don't want to have to talk to anybody mm-hmm. and they just want to get their stuff done and leave. And that's fine. Um, some people come in and they want to tell you your life story, mm-hmm. their life story, and that's fine too. So, um, Unless they're willing to share that information, it's just not something that we require for them to use our services or to be there. Um, Now, we are one of the places that can write homeless verification letters and do referrals to other agencies. So if we don't do a service, we know about the services available in the community. We have a huge resource list. Most of the social services, we share it. We update it every six or seven months, and everybody uses it. So we can pass on that information, and sometimes in that process, we do get to learn a little bit more about their situation. Um, But, you know, only if they want to give us that information because they're people too. Yeah, and it automatically drops barriers between forming a relationship when you are the inquisitor and they and that and there's a certain population where they are like okay she's just going to report me to social services yeah right. and or um, ice you know yeah. we have families oh, I didn't that come in the for the diaper yeah. and i've had people like if i come in will you yeah report and we're like no no uh, we just want to give your kid sure diapers your baby yeah. has clean bottom. exactly yeah exactly i okay so you started out as the clean yeah, how did that <laughs> which evolve? is hilarious how yeah. did that evolve into the river, the river. and it makes sense because yes. that's where the women in the village go it's communal time traditionally they're cleaning yep. their clothes they're spending that time talking to me. each other ah, they're getting is that it that it is it. and then also that. it's You're the so place smart. where people go to get born anew to get right. baptized Correct. um exactly so yeah it was very intentional it was mm-hmm. betsy that came up with the idea of the river mm-hmm. so um, yeah, and it makes so much sense. And that's why our ceiling is blue, our walls are blue. We kind of go with that mm-hmm. that river theme. Um, I need on your board. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I so. Like, I need on yeah. your board, Stacey. Yeah, yes. literally. I mean, I want you to go to her pediatric practice because it's almost the same feel. Well. You know. You're from the ETSU Early Childhood Program, and I have deep, deep love for the ETSU, yeah, ch- uh, yeah. the ETSU uh, er, Childhood. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yes. Okay, early, Stacey, early I need on your board. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You, you are officially invited. We're actually in the process of, of getting oh, some okay, new members. Well, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be awesome. I need Definitely. on that board. I'm because following my gut. that's the great thing. That's yeah. another thing that I can share mm-hmm. is it takes a village. I mean, mm-hmm. and if you approach the this sort of thing. pediatrics. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you approach anything that you're doing, like, I alone can save the world mm-hmm. and look at me. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work. You have to realize it's a partnership and that you want to celebrate your partners. You want to celebrate what you're doing. It's not about, you know, nothing that you do should be about yourself. It Mm -hmm. should be about the act of doing it because you get so much out of just doing what you do. Mm -hmm. And it's really important for me to say, you know, I don't do the river alone. I have volunteers, Mm -hmm. the best volunteers. Many of my volunteers have been there from day one Mm -hmm. and couldn't do it without them and what happens though they stay because of the relationships that they develop with the women that are there Mm -hmm. and we get just as much out of that as they do I'll have days where I'm kind of maybe struggling with something I was in the hospital a couple years ago with something and the women rallied around me and just gave me so much support and love and prayer and that was huge Mm -hmm. you know we are we do really kind of create this community and care about each other. Can you do a pediatric clinic at the river? Yeah. <laughs> She's thinking. That would be awesome on a diaper day. I've yes. known this woman for years. Yes. She's thinking. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I, 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 this is this is self-centered, okay, but you know, um, we're talking about women a lot. It's time to talk about me. No. Uh, when, <laughs> when I walked in there, I really realized that that, that is, let's just get honest. If I'm a woman walking in to take a shower, a lot of guys in the building volunteering Mm-mm. is not going to work. No. Exactly. And so I really came away wondering, men who are listening to this and want to support you. Uh, right. And maybe this helps us get to the question of laundry soap ain't cheap. Water costs money. Uh, you know, it's not you know, diapers. you got to you know. have the power. So, uh, yeah. you know, men, how can they support and with right. that, how can all of us, women obviously can volunteer and support, but how can we help right. the, the river? Well, we are a nonprofit, and we do raise our budget every year. Um, we run on a shoestring budget, mm-hmm. about 100000 a year. But, you know, we have to raise that mm-hmm. every year. So that is a great way if you want to support us financially. That is always wonderful. We also take in-kind donations of the things that we use at the river. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't, we're not a place to drop your clothes or donations and that sort of thing, but cleaning supplies, diapers, baby wipes, um, all sorts of things that we use at the river, we're always looking for those donations too. And um, I also like to include things that people can do at no cost. So just praying for the river is huge, praying for the staff, the volunteers, the women that come there, the families that we serve. And I find that a lot of men actually really have a big heart for the river because 
they have a mother, a daughter, a sister, a wife that they love and realize how important it is for women to have a space that's just for women. You know, when we were getting started, I went and spoke at um, Loaves and Fishes, which is one of the feeding programs at West Wayne Christian Church. And um, Pastor Jeff let me do the prayer and talk about the river. And um, I started talking about the, the laundry and then the showers. And this man shot his hand up. And, you know, I used to teach. So raise your hand. I will call on you and called on him. And he said, so you're going to let him take showers there? And I said, yeah, of course, you know, clean clothes, clean body. That's what we're going for. And started to talk. And he raised his hand again. And, and I called on him again. And he said, I'll pay you good money to watch them take a shower oh, down there. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. And this was right before we were, oh, I mean, it just kind of gave me this whole, okay. oh. I know, I know, I'm going there, but this is At important. a church, this yeah. person, oh, so that many. makes me want to just go thump <laughs> yeah. him on the hand. Yeah. But so many of our women have to put themselves into really precarious situations yeah. to oh get by. Gosh, yeah. So when they come in the river, they don't have to deal with that. They don't have to deal with men coming on to them. They don't have to deal with them following them around. You know, they can just be in a safe environment. And we take that for granted. You know, if you're not in that situation, you just don't even really understand. And men don't, we, I'm, I'm, you know, most men don't even realize it, but that's very common or not most men, but a lot of, most, that blows my mind. I know, (laughs) I know. But that's the reality for women, especially especially when when you're on the streets. If you're needing help. Yep. You don't come and stay to, with me. I'll just clean my house, no and then suddenly lunch. there's yes. strings attached. There's and no free yeah. lunch. Yeah. Gosh. And that's money. a women's issue. Uh, you know, that is a women's issue. I'm sorry. I, I don't think you know we comprehend what you have to stare in the face of, and your volunteers have to stare in the face of every day. And so um, I would think it could get it could get exhausting. Uh, yes. To, to yeah. see the pain. And the promise, and I feel like we probably should say, uh, we probably should have taken this. But these, you do not just serve homeless women. No, nope. there are women who are have homes and, and have yep. jobs, but they they just are. You know, there's yeah. some services that, that that they're having some gaps, right? Right, so, or even you know, a their lot washing of our, machine broke down. Yeah, they can't afford or to even get a new one. Even if they're now. in an apartment that has washing, the money that it costs, you know, we have figured out it saves a family of four about eighty dollars a month. Yeah. By washing their clothes. That's the groceries. Yeah, that's, that's a gro- that's an electric kids. bill. Yeah. Yeah. That's diapers. Yeah. yeah. And, and that- so many of the folks in our diaper program work, you know, but diapers are on average a hundred dollars per mm-hmm. child a month. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes can be do I pay the electric bill? Do I pay for diapers? Do I get their medications? Yeah, and all those things? Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. So even folks, you know, I know a lot of folks that are working, um, living in their cars because they can't afford an apartment and the deposits and the things that go with that. So, you know, we're just there to kind of provide these services. And if you need them, come and use them. Well, and two, like my husband and I used to camp a lot when we Mm -hmm. were, when we were students and because we wanted to be able to travel, but we couldn't afford it. And so it was always an issue of where are we going to get clean? Mm hmm. And we've snuck onto more college campuses into more KOE campgrounds <laughs> 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 and taken more yes. truck stop showers. Yeah. So uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I get it. I mean, you could be traveling through Johnson City. And we're right across from the bus station. Yeah. And I have women that have come over to take a and shower you need between to get their clean. travels. And yeah. How powerful is that that you can walk across the street to this nice, clean place where there isn't a hidden camera watching you shower? And no right. dudes, no, no volunteer no, men. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, just a safe space. A safe space. Yeah. And, and I have to say this too a beautiful space. When I walk in the door, it just smelled so good in there. Yeah, and it just, good. I thought, I mean, you know, it was just, it was, it was like a refuge for me, you know, and yeah. I, I have a, a beautiful and happy and clean life. But I think for so many people who have just been through hell mm-hmm. for the period, to oh, walk in there yes. must be like they just walked a into the Ritz. And yes. it's just like, I'm at home. I'm yeah. at home. And nobody's asking me any questions. Well, and it's just really funny. When, when we had WJHL come and do all of the cleaning and the painting and things, they cleaned our front windows, which had not been cleaned in probably 15 years. And it looked so good out there. And I was like, I need to get a new welcome mat for the front door because the one we had was just junky and old. And I had been thinking about it, but just hadn't gotten to it. Well, this week I came on Monday. Um, we were closed over the weekend, came in, and somebody had put um, – and I – I know it wasn't one of my volunteers because I asked. Somebody had taken the old um, mat and put a new one out that said, this is my happy place. And I just thought, you know, I know it was one of the women Mm -hmm. that did that because sometimes when they're junkin', you know, Mm -hmm. they'll go and look through dumpsters Mm -hmm. and things and they'll leave little things at the door, like kind of like a cat who leaves the little, like, I love you, here's a bird. So sometimes I'll come in and there's a little figurine there and I'm like, oh, somebody's thinking of us today, you know, and so that just, that makes me feel good to know that it's somebody's happy place and it is a safe haven. We could talk to you all day. Yeah, Unfortunately, we could. And we were way over, but it's just yes. great to talk to you. Uh, Stacy Larson mm-hmm. with the River Ministry for Women in downtown Johnson City. Check them out, help them out, and get involved. Thank you for and coming thank in. You. Time. Thank you. Where do you want people to find oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you. Yes, you can find us on Facebook under the River, mm-hmm. or you can find us at our website, which is theriverministryforwomen.com. Okay. Stacy Larson. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks. And that's our show. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more, please find us on Facebook or Instagram at We're Doing Good. And please like and subscribe our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and if you have time, please leave us a review. We love your stars. Until next time, remember, go out, do some good wherever you are every day.